Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're going to begin today a little differently because I'm not going to take my regular text scripture. I'm going to go to another one. And um, if you've ever read the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, you know this is how it wraps up. I'm reading this verse from 26 translations. In a word, there are three things that last forever, faith, hope, and love. King James Bible says charity, but uh, we translate that as love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love. These are the three great spiritual forces. Now, there are other sub-forces like patience would be one and so forth. Uh, and then you've got the fruit of the Spirit. But these three are the, the biggies, faith, hope, and love. And it's by these that God created the universe. Now, uh, the Bible teaches us that God created the universe with faith, but, but in order for faith to work, it first has to have hope. So God hoped for a world with people with whom He could fellowship. He envisioned that. It was His desire. He hoped for that. Uh, then God created the universe by His faith. And the Scripture tells us that all through uh, the book of Hebrews, we see it in the book of John, we see it in the book of Colossians, uh, and especially in the book of Genesis chapter 1. But we also know that God loved the world before He created it because the book of Revelation says that Jesus was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, God with His great foreknowledge knew that if He created man, He knew man was going to fall. And so he couldn't create a man who would fall and be forever separated from him. So he had a plan of salvation before he ever created the worlds. And Jesus was the answer to the sin problem. And so the verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That didn't happen at the cross. That happened before the world was ever created. That's when God gave His only begotten Son. Before the worlds were created, He gave His only begotten Son. Now, faith then is the force that is predominant in the creation story of Genesis chapter 1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation on this one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Listen, if you feel like your life is without form and you're in the dark and you don't know which way to go, who is going to help you? The Holy Spirit is your answer. And He comes to bring order and structure to your life. But He's not working alone. He's going to work with other forces. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So God made the universe with His faith. How do we know? Because we see words. We see faith in these words. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. That's faith. Faith speaks. And the Word of God and faith are inseparable. I mean, they work together all the time. The, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's where you get faith. That's why praying for faith will not work. You need to read the Word of God, think on the Word of God, meditate the Word of God. What does meditate mean? You know, here's what meditate means. It means to chew, 
And a lot of the time when I'm studying my Bible, my mind is distracted. I'm thinking about other things. I mean, right now, I mean, it is a beautiful spring day here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We've had great wind the last couple of days, but today it's just so beautiful and the temperature is just right and I am distracted. I would love to be out working on my back porch. There's a few projects I have I'd like to get done today, but I'm not doing it because this is more important. But let me tell you this. This is what I want you to see. I have to speak the word to corral my mind and to corral my thoughts and to channel my thoughts. God made me, and I know this, He made me so that my tongue controls my being. The Bible says in the book of James that the tongue can be bridled like a bridle put in a horse's mouth. And when you put the word of God on your tongue and you put the word of God in your mouth, you turn the direction of your thoughts, of your actions, you turn it all. That's why it's important that you learn to say the right things and you say what the scriptures say. That's what meditation is. Meditation means to mutter, to say something to yourself. And so when you meditate, you're not just in the realm of the mental, you're in the realm of the spiritual and the verbal. There can be no meditation without verbal action. Listen to what God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Now I want you to look this up when you get done today. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Listen, you don't meditate only with your mind. You meditate with your mouth because there are times when your mind doesn't want to go where you want it to go, but you can get it to go there and you can totally take it over by what you say. And your word can take you to the right place. So the Word of God and faith are inseparable. Faith is created by the Word, and then faith expresses the Word. It's like a cycle. They feed each other. Here's John 1, 1 through 3, 26 translations. When all things began, the Word already was. The Word was in the beginning with God. What God was, the Word was. I love that. That's 26 translations. And He existed with God from the beginning... Through Him all things came into being. God created with His faith, and His faith spoke. That's what we read in Genesis 1. And God said, Now all three members of the Godhead are seen in these first couple of verses of Genesis. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that's God the Father. And the Spirit of God was hovering, the Bible says, over the waters. And so we know the Holy Spirit's mentioned, and somebody says, where is the Son? Well, here He is. Then God said, that's the Son. He is the Word of God. So you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right there in the first few verses of Genesis 1. Now, Christ is the agent who is most active in all of this. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, 17. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. He made things we can see and the things we can't see, kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Uh, Everything has been created through Him, for Him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all creation together. Uh, The King James says, by him all things consist. Now this is above my pay grade, and I'm not going to butcher it. If if I was a little bit smarter, I could explain this. 
but I am told by people that really are smart that there is a hidden force in the universe that keeps the universe from just blowing up and going in zillions of directions, and it's an invisible force that there's a lot of mystery about. Well, I can tell you what it is. It's the Word of Christ. He holds all things together. Now, there is no faith without speaking. If there's no speaking, there is no faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, listen to this. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. God believed and he spoke. Now, I marvel that there are people, even in the church, who criticize those of us who speak the word. And I know people can get into extremes and different things, but listen to me. You cannot take away the truth of the fact that God wants you to speak with your faith. Faith and speaking go hand in hand. God believed, so he spoke, and it's how he brought the worlds into existence. It's how we come to Christ. You cannot be saved without speaking. Now, people would argue with me on this, but I want you to pay careful attention to this. I want to change your thinking here. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Here's how we receive salvation. So we have four action steps here. Confess, believe, believe, confess. Confess, believe, believe, confess. We have two of these things on the outside. What are they? Confess and confess. Two of these things that meet in the middle. Believe, believe. God doesn't say that one set is more important than the other set. He says they're all equally important. Confess, believe, believe, confess. In other words, if you do not confess what you believe, your faith is incomplete. Let me say it again. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. You know, I remember when I first gave my heart to Christ, I would have moments where I did not feel saved. And my uncle was a pastor, and I shared this with him, and I told him, I said, I, I don't know that I'm saved. He said, of course you are. And I said, I hope I am, but there are days I don't feel God. And he taught me, you cannot go by how you feel. And then there were moments that I would fight with you over whether or not I was saved because I absolutely knew it. But it was because I went to church and there was an emotional service and the music was really good and people really entered into worship and the preaching was amazing. And I felt the presence of God well, right then. I didn't have any trouble believing that I was saved. But then on Monday morning, when it's time to get up and go to school, and I'm around a bunch of kids who don't believe in Christ, and, and their minds are on other things, and, and I, I get tempted with temptations, and I, I don't feel the presence of God, and I begin to wonder. I wonder if there even is a God. Well, here I am, freshly saved, and I'm battling this battle. And so my uncle, when I began to talk with him, sat me down and showed me the verse. And he showed me Romans 10, 9 and 10. And he said, you have to confess with your mouth that you're saved. Did you do this? I said, yes, I did. Then keep saying it. 
I'm not confessing in order to be saved. I was saved, but by me using my mouth, it becomes more real to me. I'm not making myself saved by what I'm confessing. I am just bringing the reality of that into my mind. I'm accepting that. I'm embracing that. You see, there are a lot of people who will not dare confess the Word of God unless they feel something. And you have to learn to confess what God has promised you by faith. Now, this Romans 10, 9 is something we can believe for. It's not a hope. I don't hope I'm saved. I, I hear people say, well, I hope I'm saved. They, are you kidding me? You hope you're saved? Something as important as where you're going to spend eternity and all you are going to say is, I hope I'm saved? I, that's like saying, I, I hope I'm a parent or I hope I'm married. You know if you're married or not. The Bible says, these things are written unto you who believe on the name of the Son of God, 1 John 5, 13, that you may know that you have eternal life. That is a no-so. God wants you to know. And the reason we can know is we have a specific promise. So faith is the natural offshoot of those specific promises. When there is a specific word given, you can have faith. When the Holy Spirit brings a word to you and, and shows you what you're dealing with and you have a promise that's very clear, you can have faith. Now, some things we cannot have faith for. They are things we hope for. But there are plenty of things in the Scripture, way more than what we've enjoyed. I'm convinced of this. We live beneath our privileges. God has better things in mind for us than what we have in mind for ourselves. And I'm not just talking about stuff. The stuff is the least important. I'm talking about the relationship, the confidence, the victory, the peace that you have, the assurance that you have. Listen, this is what we want to happen. We want people to get around you and say, I just love being around them because when I get around them, I feel such peace and they have such assurance and such confidence in God. That's what we want. And you see, it's not about uh, the stuff. It's not about the money. It's not about uh, where you live. It's about your peace and your confidence. That's why the Apostle Paul was able to do the things that he did, even from jail. It is said that they had to cut down the term and the time that the guards spent with him. And they reduced it down to just minutes because he won every one of them to the Lord. He had that amazing presence and peace about him that was built from a deep knowledge of God's Word, which in turn produced a tremendous faith. And he had faith to die. And he had faith to give up his life knowing that nothing could hurt him, even death. That's an amazing faith. Well, that's all the time I have for today, but we're not done. We're going to pick this up again tomorrow. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done that already and hit that little bell so that you can get a notification whenever there is a new podcast available. And be sure to like us. All of those things help me. And if you would, go to the website, myfaithroots.com. And on that website, there is a place to subscribe to our email devotional that comes to you every day. I hope you'll do that because I sure love getting those things out to you. All right, I'll pick up this tomorrow. Thank you very much. See you then.